0: chapter 25 and verse number 9. One verse, 2 Chronicles 25, 9, as we continue with Jehoshaphat's line, his legacy. And uh, several weeks ago, we started with Jehoshaphat, you know, jumping Jehoshaphat. Well, we started with him and and his seed. Uh, What would happen with the uh, Posterity of Jehoshaphat and, and how that he started by just disobeying what seemed to be a small commandment, but it was nonetheless very important the commandment of separation that he ignored and and uh he hooked up with the ungodly and he messed around with and he had to do with and then you see his family go in that direction, oh man what a what a tragedy And then we saw his son and how he went off. Uh, Marian Je- uh, Jezebel's daughter. And then uh, we, we saw the next week about the trophies of God and how that there were future victories were because of some past victories. And then we looked the last time that we were here with um, Jehoshaphat's grandson, uh, Joash, which started at seven, year, seven years old. He's on the throne and had training wheels and did wonderfully the first uh, 40 years or so of his life. And then he went off when uh, Jehoiada the priest, the strong uh, spiritual influence in his life went off. We looked at the the aspect of training wheels and how we need to to learn and grow and and fly on our own. And so today we're going to continue with Jehoshaphat's legacy. And the, the message is entitled Cutting Your Losses. And so let's take a look at this is the great grandson, I believe, of Jehoshaphat, um, Amaziah. So, 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse number 9. Just look at one verse and then we'll go back and kind of pick it up and, and uh, uh, get it in the context. So, 2 Chronicles 25, 9. And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God Answered, the Lord is able to give thee much more than this. What a great story. And we're going to get into this and see what he's talking about here and how much that he spent going in the wrong direction. And he didn't want to just uh, pull up stakes and have that loss. What about all that was invested going the wrong pathway in the wrong direction? And the, the preacher says, don't worry about it. God's able to cover that. Just get on track. Get back on track. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessings. Lord, thank you so much for this, your word. I pray that you help us to see in the story of Amaziah here how that uh, it was very, very wise for him to cut his losses and repent and turn around right when he did. Lord, thank you for what was, uh, such an example. And Lord, it could have gone the other way. And, and Lord, we've certainly see, seen too many of those that have not paid attention to the instruction and the warning given, but Lord, I pray that today you would speak to each one of us that are are here this morning and help us to make the decision that we need to make that is before us. And God, I, I really do believe, I truly believe that every person here has a decision that they need to make today. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand what that decision is that we might be... Um, choosing the right and and uh, choosing to believe you and go your route. So Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us, be with us in these next few moments. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Let's go back to chapter 25, verse number 1. Pick it up with the, with the chapter here. Again, like I say, this is Jehoshaphat's great-grandson. This was uh, after Joash is off the scene and Uh, started out so very well and then ended up miserably and oh just what a what a terrible uh, situation but he had enough training in him and he had enough of joash's good side that he picked up some very good things and so amaziah as the bible says in second chronicles 25 one was 20 and five years old when he began to reign and he reigned 20 and nine years in jerusalem and his mother's name was Jehoadan jo- of uh, Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Remember we mentioned this before, how the people are good and bad, a mixture. Whenever you have God's things, his word, totally good, without error, flawless. But whenever you have people, uh, some good, some bad. Well, uh, here again, it's uh, a testimony of of the accuracy of where we are. So he did that which was right, <clears throat> but not with a perfect heart. Now, what we're going to cover today was the right part of his life, or many good things of his life. Uh, next Sunday, we'll end up with some of the really bad things in his life, and how how to avoid that. But So that was his, eva- this is a, a divine evaluation. This is not what uh, uh, what maybe history books would say. This is what God would say about him. Of course, being coming from the word of God, he did that which was right, but not with a perfect heart. Okay, look at verse number three. Now it came to pass, when the kingdom was established to him, that he slew his servants that had killed the king, his father, okay? His father met a terrible demise, and you can read that in the, in the previous chapter, but he had this coup in the government, and so he was Cleaning the swamp, I guess uh, you know, draining the swamp. I guess back in his day, you know. So anyway, there were there were those who were um, who were dangerous, and they were rising up against his father, which was this was a dynasty, and so so he killed those that uh, actually murdered his father and were against the kingdom. There, verse four, but he slew not their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, the fathers shall not die for the children, neither shall the children die for the fathers, but every man shall die for his own sin. Now that's significant. What he did was he took the task, those who were responsible for the evil, and he punished them, but he didn't punish their children. He didn't go on and, and uh, paint with a broad brush and, and destroy others who were innocent. Because, and, and it references the laws of God, back when God set up the children of Israel and gave them uh, His laws, He said, <coughs> the child shall not die for the father, and the father shall not die for the child. Uh, every, every person is individually <coughs> responsible or accountable. And you know what? Let me stop right here and just kind of go over some of these things that we're talking about here. Um, we're, we're talking about Jehoshaphat. And his son uh, was Amaziah, and, uh, uh, and then his son Joash, and now here uh, the Amaziah that we're talking about. Um, and everybody's different. And, and here's somebody that will set up for raising a wicked child, let's say. And they've influenced them <coughs> in the wrong ways, in bad ways. And, of course, what are you going to get out of that? You're going to get somebody who is probably in that bent and probably going that way because of the influence of others. When we talked about Joash, and you remember Joash, when the the message about training wheels. As long as the spiritual leaders were around him, he gained strength from them and uh, hid under their shadow, and he didn't have any moral grit. Uh, He just kind of went off of the direction and and the the, uh, leadership of others. And when they fell, or when they were uh, kicked out of the props, then he fell. And so um, we, we saw how that we are influenced so much by our surrounding, and by our upbringing, or by our environment. But folks, you can't hide because of who you are, because of your parents, or because of your upbringing. You might say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm having a hard time with the spirituality thing because I'm first generation. <clears throat> My parents didn't raise me in the things of the Lord. And so all of this Bible reading and, and uh, uh, communion with the Lord and, and uh, m- prayer life and church attendance, I mean, that's all new and is hard for me because I wasn't raised in Christianity. I wasn't raised like that. And by the way, that's what you'll, you'll see in this area. I think we have a visitor here this morning from Texas or wherever, can't remember now, Mississippi, and uh, listen, the Bible Belt is not the Northwest, there's no there's no foundation, this is a mission field, you know, <clears throat> some places you can put up a shingle, and then everybody and their brother come to church, because they know what church attendance is, and tithing, and faithfulness to, to God and his house, but you don't have a lot of that here, you know, the folks that, that learn uh, fidelity to God's house, and they they get uh, roll up their sleeves and they do something that's that 's uh, honorable for god it 's first generation you don 't have anybody that has that has led you that way and and sometimes that 's an excuse and people say well well preacher i don 't have that kind of a background where they've taught i didn 't have a, a grandmother that knew the Lord and prayed and and uh, parents that that loved me and taught me Bible verses and i didn 't know all of that and so so what you don 't have to develop so you don 't have to to mature in your Christian walk no no, you are responsible for God yourself you can't blame that on anybody else i understand that we are influenced by our surroundings that that's a given but you don't have that as an excuse to fall back on well my parents were wicked my parents didn't know the lord you need to know the lord you need to understand you need to learn you need to mature on your own you're going to stand before god yourself just as uh, the, the principle that he's referring back in, in the Old Testament here, as God said, the children shan- uh, shouldn't die for the father's sins, and the fathers shouldn't die for the children's sins, we're, we're separate or individually accountable. And that you will be before God. It doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter who uh, has raised you or the influences you've had, you have the obligation, you have the responsibility to make proper decisions. You need to do something with Jesus Christ. Everyone needs to do something with Jesus Christ, and you can't hide behind a bad example or even a good example. Well, I'm in because my folks are are saved. They know the Lord. That doesn't mean you know the Lord. Everybody's individually responsible and accountable before God. Anyway, uh, here, Amaziah got that. He understood that. So he just punished those that were guilty, not their children, because he was paying attention to the... uh, principles that God lays out in his word about individual accountability, which is very, very important to understand concerning our stand before God. Okay, let's go on in verse number five. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and made them captains over thousands, excuse me, and captains over hundreds, according to the houses of their fathers throughout all Judah and Benjamin and he numbered them from twenty years old and above, and found them three hundred thousand choice men able to go forth to war that could handle spear and shield. So he had a f- formidable army, three hundred thousand men that were good soldiers. Okay, and they had to they had to fight some enemies around them. And this is what he did: that three hundred. Notice, remember that three hundred thousand of those in Judah that were were uh, men of war in his army. Verse six. <clears throat> he hired also. So here is a mercenary element. He thought to himself, you know, we've got this battle that that is up ahead of us, and we're going to be facing more than 300,000. We better bolster our forces. And so it says he hired also 100,000 mighty men of valor out of Israel for 100 talents of silver. And that was was a, a pretty penny back then. And it was a lot of money. And so instead of having just 300,000, now they have 400,000 troops. But there came, look at verse 7, But there came a man of God to him, saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee. For the Lord is not with Israel, to wit, with all the children of Ephraim. So he says here, hang on, the 100,000 men that you've inducted into your forces here, they're from Israel. See, Israel was divided at this time. You had... Uh, Ahab and Jezebel and, and the, the, the wicked kings of Israel just going all out idolatry and, and thumbing their nose in God's face and rebellion and whatever. And that was Israel. And then you have have Judah, which you have kings like this king who was pretty good in, in a sense and trying to do what God wanted them to do and try to follow the, the things of the Lord, try to be blessed because they understood enough to say if we're going to do what God wants us to do, we'll be blessed. And they understood that. And so you have, you know... Pretty much, uh, you know, an army of uh, a nation that, that understands where their blessing is, and the man of God says, "Now, hang on, you can't go into, into to battle this way because a hundred thousand men from Israel, especially Ephraim, they're wicked. They're 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 uh, judgment worthy, and God's not going to allow. God's not going to bless this thing because you've got some that." that you think is a help to you, you think it will make you stronger, it will not make you stronger, and it's, it's not going to end up good. And that's what he says in verse number 7. Look at verse number 8. He says, but, if thou wilt go, Nike here, <laughs> do it. Yeah, just go ahead. Listen, if you're going to decide to go that route, be my guest. He's, there's a little sarcasm here, I really believe. He says, if, you're, if thou will go, do it. Be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy, for God hath power to help and to cast down. He says, listen, if you want to just ignore what God's saying here and ignore the warning, go ahead. You're coming down, big boy. You think that this is going to be good and that you're you know, uh, hedging your bets here. No, no, no. You want to go that way, go ahead. God's going to bring you down. You know, because the blessing is in God's hand. He's able to bless you or he's able to bring you down. And it's how you have this relationship with the Lord. Don't you understand? And so he says, I love that, verse number 8. If thou will go, do it. Be strong for the battle. Do the best you can. You're coming down, though. God shall make thee fall before the enemy, for God hath power to help and to cast down. And so notice Amaziah's response. And this is the, the verse that we started with. And Amaziah said to the man of God, Now wait a minute, this costs a whole lot of money. I already spent non-refundable money here. What shall we do for the hundred talents which I had given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. Then Amaziah separated them. What do you know? He obeyed. He's paying attention to what God's saying here. He separated them. He, he said, He cut them out of the herd, to wit, the army that was come to him out of Ephraim to go home again. Wherefore, uh oh, their anger was greatly kindled against Judah, and they returned home in great anger. And Amaziah strengthened himself and led forth his people and went to the valley of Salt and smote at the children of Seir 10,000. Wow, how about that? had victory and other 10,000 left alive did the children of Israel uh, of Judah uh, children of Judah carry away captive and brought them unto the top of the rock and cast them down from the top of the rock and they uh, that they all were broken in pieces but the soldiers now notice verse 13 but the soldiers of the army which Amaziah sent back that they should not go with him to battle fell upon the cities of Judah from Samaria even unto Beth Horon and smote 3,000 of them, and took much spoil. Wow. Really hurt them. So, how did this turn out? It turns out God was right. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) You know, every time that God tells us something, and uh, we do that or don't don't do that, and then we look back, and we say, huh, how did this uh, work out? God was right. Uh, like the teenagers will say, duh, yeah. He's always right. God is always right. Amaziah could have just went with his decision if he heard about the warning and and God says, no, 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 if you take these guys into battle, you're fallen. God's not going to bless. And if he would have said, it just costs too much, I'm going anyway, I already spent the money. If he would have just went with that, that decision and suffered the losses God warned him of, that would have been bad. He would have lost much more than what he did, but he was smart. But note, it cost him. It, it still, it cost him. See, it would have cost him either way. If he would have sent the, the children of Israel home, the Ephraimites home, or he would have gone into battle, it would have cost this king either way if he would have stubbornly persisted with his foolish attempts at strength, at security, at victory, oh man, this is we're going to do this then he would have lost the battle, probably ended up losing his own life and the independence of his entire nation. That would have been the worst that would have been worse than the losses that he endured by offending the Israelites, don't you know? Going that route that he did, he also lost, but his losses weren't as severe. He only lost 100,000 talents. See, 100,000 talents that he spent in the non-refundable charges for the mercenary army, uh, in, our, in our amount, it's about close to $3 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of non-refundable that he's never going to see again. The deposit that he's kissing goodbye um, he, Plus, not only did he lose the 3 million plus, uh, but also the 3,000 citizens, civilians, his own people, murdered along with the booty that they stole from them. Yeah, these Ephraimites were a big help, weren't they? Yeah, right. And what was going on with Amaziah? He failed or succeeded according to his following God's ways and instructions. Okay, now, so first of all, we got to see... What was God's instructions? See, by the way, we, God never puts you in a, in a situation where you're blind, you don't know anything, you fall into a, a, a pitfall, and then God blames you and says, See, look, you should have watched. I didn't know it was there. You know what? We always know it's there. Let's, let's take a look at the situation before, before he ever even entered into this. Every Israelite, every Jew, every saint knew that they were supposed to seek the Lord. Folks, you and I are supposed to seek the Lord first. We're supposed to find out what his will is first. You see, Amaziah's initial failure was his own self-will. He just didn't value seeking God's will and pleasure for his life as the most important thing. He was just operating as normal, on his own, just making some decisions. No, he was capable. It was logical to bolster the troops, to enhance his chances of winning. He had ruling skills that were wise and worthy, and so he just made that decision on his own. He didn't seek God. He didn't say, Hey, God, should we, <clears throat> should we do this? Should we get the, the Ephraimites on, on uh, Adam onto our army? And, and no, he didn't ask God. He didn't seek the Lord about this whole thing. He was just operating as normal outside of God's will. He acted before he sought. (coughs) See, the Bible clearly lays out, as in verses like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, great verses, especially to memorize and, and to follow for your life. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. See, the Bible says very clearly in every way, no matter what you do, check with God first. Ask him what he wants for your life. Access the Lord. Don't just go on in your own way, as it says. Uh, Don't lean to your own understanding. No matter how how, uh, um, capable you are, no matter how professional that you are, no matter how much education you have, no, no. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Check with the Lord. Find out from God. See, while this didn't look like a great failure to Amaziah or you and I, it cost him dearly, didn't it? It cost him a lot. No kidding. See, what happened was he moved, then he asked God to bless. He did what he's doing, and then he turns around and he says okay, God, how about this? You want to bless this, uh, our effort here, where we're going, the direction we're going? See, this is a self-motivated, wicked position. And and believers are not to be in that position. Self-will is painful and futile. But you know what? Self-will is one of those things. We kind of don't think it's that bad. You know, it's not like, we're not talking about going off, falling off the wagon in a drunken binge, or we don't consider it like, you know, immorality or uh, uh, heresy, or no, 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 it's just, just operating on your own, not checking with God, just doing whatever you want to do, you know, somebody comes to uh, graduation uh, time, hey, what are you going to do in your life, oh, I don't know, I could do this, or I could do this, or I could do, how about this, how about this, Uh, I'm going to find out what God wants me to do, and whatever he wants me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Don't know that yet, but however he directs. How about we do that? You know, how about we ask God what he wants for our... See, this, this what, the first uh, problem here that M. Zayah came to was just, uh, he was just operating on his own self-will. He was just doing what he wanted to do. The only problem <clears throat> is that he found out that God had a different idea. You know, the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. For as the heavens are higher uh, high above the earth, so our, that's how high that God's thoughts are from our thoughts. We think we know what God wants, and we just do that, and then we find out later, oh, I guess God didn't, wasn't pleased with that. I guess that wasn't the way to go. Well, you're never, listen, if you're going to try to guess on what God's thinking here, you're going to get it wrong every time, because his thoughts, the Bible says, are not our thoughts. Well, how do you tell? How do you know what's God's thoughts right here? His word. He's given us clear direction. <clears throat> it's a little late, you know, Amaziah found what God really wanted for his, the will for his life, his nation. He, he, it was a little late, but he discovered how to minimize the damage. And that's where the man of God comes and it says, Okay, go, listen, if you want to go and, and get destroyed, go ahead. But listen, God's not going to bless that. And so he, it's, it's already too late. You already, hi, you already paid, you know, uh, however much, the $3 million plus to this, uh, uh, this uh, uh, mercenary army. You already did that, a little late, but this is how to minimize the damage that you've already caused in your life. Boy, could he have ever saved himself a ton of grief and cost if he would have just asked God first. You understand that? Folks, this is, this is one of those things where it's a story that's given for our learning, okay? For our benefit. Okay, so uh, what was going on? God says, uh, seek me first. And that's what he didn't do. But once he found out, then God says, cut your losses. Hey, pal, you made the wrong move here. You're going the wrong direction. Stop, cut your losses, and whatever it is. Yeah, but it, do you... you do you know what it cost me to get the Ephraimites on board here? But that was divine, divine counsel. Thankfully, Amaziah took this option. Yes, it would have cost him, but he believed God concerning the comparison of costs. See, one way, doing it his own way, was going to be ending up miserably, or doing it God's way, ending up way ahead of the total obstinacy, total ruin that he was going to face. Hey, this is better This is better. So God says, cut your losses. What's the saying? How's it go? When you find yourself in a hole, quit digging, right? (laughs) Yeah. Nobody. Now listen to this, folks. Now I'm talking to some experts at wrong moves, wrong decisions in life. Okay, And if it's not you out there, Let me talk to myself a while here, because I've I've done plenty of this. Nobody, nobody has to continue on to total destruction. Listen to the Lord. Cut your losses and repent of your stubborn ways. When God gets in your face and, and makes it clear to you, this is not the way to go. Don't go there. Turn around. Too many just go on to total destruction just because they've lost a lot. Going in the, the way, they've invested a lot in the wrong direction. Well, don't lose everything, stupid. And I'm not, I'm not supposed to use that word. I'm not looking over to where my wife is. I'm just going to, this, this is a good word in this place. You, if you do dumb and you keep on going on being dumb, that's stupid. Stupid, okay? Stupid, 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 stupid. It's the only time I'm going to ever be able to say this, so I'm going to say it a lot. I'll get in tru- trouble later. Stupid, 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 stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah, folks, I'm telling you what sin makes you stupid. It really, really does. <laughs> Would somebody lead her out? And then she's, she's having a, a fit here this morning. <laughs> Let me say this there's probably several here this morning. To whom God is speaking, or maybe has spoken of, he's gotten in your face, given you clear warning, continuing in that pathway, you're going to be sorry, listen boy, listen girl, turn around, quit the rebellion, quit the stubbornness, the determination to continue, listen, the sooner you change directions, the, the easier it's going to be on you. So don't keep on going in the same direction that you've been going on. How's that been working out for you? Now, let me say this. It's still going to cost you, but it won't cost you as much as continuing down that path and not getting off of it. So, so God's advice was cut your losses. Amaziah, listen, you've done some really dumb things. You lost there. Okay. But stop the losing. Stop the bleeding here. And start getting on the blessing path. You know what else God says? If you do that, then God's going to replace. You can enjoy the divine replacement. Look at verse number 9 again. We started with, this is our text, 2 Chronicles 25, 9. And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, Hey, no sweat. The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. The fact is, folks, that when we repent, we find a God who is so much more gracious than we deserve. Oh boy, that's the truth. He gives us far more than we should ever have. Abundant pardon, abundant mercy, overwhelming forgiveness, acceptance, adoption. We get love from God and we don't deserve not a bit of that more than what we ever deserve we get from the lord ask the returning prodigal son you remember when when he came back and he says i don't deserve anything i don't even be i don't even deserve to be called a servant i'll just take my place with the servants and the father said no 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 and he he hugged him he put a robe on his on his back and he put a ring on his finger and he says hey uh, feed this kid he's my son he's come home and and he got what he did not deserve. Didn't wasn't planning on getting. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. He was. He says, "I am not worthy," but he was honored. You know what? That's what we get from God. You know what? When we when we repent, when we stop, and we, we uh, take inventory and follow God's directions, you know what? God replaces restoration. Restoration comes. After we've been judged, I want you to look at this verse, Joel chapter 2, verse number 18. This is a, a time where the children of Israel were punished. They, were, they did really dumb things and they were off. They were being uh, uh, chastened by the Lord very severely. And then Joel two eighteen says, Then will the Lord be jealous for, all his la- for his land and pity his people. This is talking about when they repent, when they quit in their wayward path, when they turn around. He says, no more, no more judgment. You can read prior to that later. There's some really bad things. God was, was blasting them. And God says here, no, no, no. He's going to pity his people. Verse 19. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But I will remove far off from you the northern armory. It will drive him into the, a land barren and desolate. Isn't that wonderful? Go down to verse 21. It says... Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Look at verse 24. And the and the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall be shall overflow with wine and oil. And look look at what he says here, verse 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, and the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. You know what God was saying? I sent that army. I sent these these punishments. And he says, you know what? Even with all of it, judgment. I'm going to restore whatever it is that was, that was destroyed because of the, those judgments. Verse 26. And ye shall eat plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. He's going to restore the woodshed years. Isn't that wonderful? God says, listen, I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. I'm going to restore to you what you lost and your, your uh, uh, foolishness restored. See, the Lord is able to give much more than your losses. Just obey Him. Just obey Him. <clears throat> yeah, a common regret for saints that have been dumb in their life and foolish and didn't follow the Lord, didn't, didn't make the right choices. And it seems like so many times... The saint will come to the end of his life, end of her life, miserable, miserable life, and bemoan the fact that they wasted years that they could have given to the Lord. How sad. How sad. But you want to know something? Each one of those, they will also testify to the Lord's unmatched bounty and his love and his pardon and his restoration and the wealth that he does give. Folks, it doesn't matter when you turn. When you turn... God is good. I want to say that. Folks, God is good. And He certainly is. He is He is wonderful. So what, what can we learn from Amaziah's life? Three things that will be done. Number one, sin bears a price. Sin bears a price. Whether you're saved or whether you're lost, sin always does a number on us. Sin defiles our minds and our hearts and our sincerity. It it, uh, it defiles pure water of the well in our, in our lives. It pollutes and degrades our families, our society, our nation. For the saved, it has forever lost its luster and its fun. The things that you used to just live for prior to salvation, once you get saved, you can do those things again. You can do the very same things. And, and somehow you kind of turn around and say, this is not the same. It's, it's not the same. I don't get the enjoyment. I don't get the pleasure that I used to get in this rebellion, in this in this uh, uh, self-will, in this life of sin, in this immorality. Hey, listen, it's not the same. You know why? Romans 6, 2. The Bible says, how shall we... That are dead to sin live any longer therein. You don't live therein anymore. Those that have come to Christ, hey, that's the old life. And you know what? It still is sin and it still is temptation, but it doesn't have the sparkle that it used to. And it's just like, hey, there's something wrong. There's something different about sin after you get saved. You just can't sin and and enjoy like you used to. It's not your life anymore. You're dead to sin. You see, we can't do that anymore. We are not fed by it any longer. Sin is is not doing exactly what God commands when he commands it and with the right heart attitude. That's what sin is. The definition of sin is when you know what God says and going opposite of that. James 4, 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. And folks, that means even our self-will is disobedience. When you know what God wants you to do, and you're not going to do that. You're just going to do what you're going to do, rather than what God wants you to do. Our independence of God. Our uh, dispassionate followership. You know, we just kind of follow the Lord in a nonchalant way, and that's part of our life. No! God says, I want you, every part of you. I want everything. And that's how you serve that kind of a God that, that desires and demands that kind of service. See, it's not God's will... For us to, to serve him that way, we're to love him as, he, as he's commanded with all of our hearts and all of our mind and all of our soul and all of our might. That's, what, that's God's will. And so if you don't, it's called sin. It's called rebellion. It's called disobedience. It's called missing the mark of what God said is right. If you know what, what right is and you don't do it, it's sin. So we've got to understand that. Let me stop right here and say for the, the lost person. See, if you're here, if you've never been born again, you have no clue what it is to walk with the Lord, to have a relationship with God and have him actually be your heavenly father. As the Bible says, this is what happens in a child, in a child of God's heart, is they cry out, Abba, Father. It's like a, a child saying, Dada, Daddy. You know, and having a relationship where, you, where you're actually loved and he puts your arms around you. And you don't know what I'm talking about there. See, sin for you is that which has separated you and that will eventually, you will pay the penalty for your own sin in a place called hell. Oh, my goodness. For the lost, sin never has performed what it promises. It's always this advertisement that doesn't, doesn't ring true. All of these promises, and it doesn't, it doesn't give fulfillment. It doesn't give lasting satisfaction. It, it, it doesn't perform what it promises. And the Bible says the end of that sin is death. You'll be incarcerated with the original criminal and his demons in that eternal lake of fire. Now, let that set in. Think about that for a while. That's what sin does. Sin will bring you to hell. So, number one, sin bears a price. Number two, every believer here, if you're saved, and now Jesus has paid the price of your sin, and now you're one of his, you should be walking with him and walking for him, living for him. Every believer here, today, here at Wooden Valley Baptist Church, uh, what is this, uh, March 5th, 2017? Right here, this morning, everyone that's hearing my voice today, every believer here must decide to redeem the rest of his life, the rest of her life. See, because you have a choice. It's like the prophet gets in your face and stops you and says, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're going down the wrong path. What you need to do is you need to turn around and and give it all for the Lord. Follow him with all your heart. Now, I made some bad decisions. I've done some things in in my past. Hey, listen, you and I both, and we come to the place where, now, we could keep on going that direction, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt real bad. Or you could stop, and you can turn around, and you can say, okay, you know what, I've got a decision. Just like Amaziah. Amaziah could have said, here's the man of God came to him and said, now stop, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you keep on going, it's going to be ultimate ruin and destruction for you and for the nation. I know it's going to cost you if you go God's way, but go God's way, it'll be much better. And so here's Amaziah. What should I do? What should I do? What should, uh, you know, I could, go that, I could go God's way, or I could go my own way. I could say, well, forget it. I've, I've already invested too much in this. I'm still going to go on and really get blasted. Or decide to do it. And he had that decision to make. And you know what? You have that decision to make. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? You're going to listen to those voices that are telling you, hey, listen, you don't need to you know, be fanatical. You don't need to you know, uh, go overboard on this service to God. You know, you can go ahead and just do your own will and you could just do whatever you wanted to do, and you know, that's gonna end up no, no, it's not gonna end up good. It's not that will not end up good. And God is speaking to you and to me, saying, Hey, wait a minute, what are you gonna do with the rest of your life? There's not one here that is not that is prevented from making that life changing decision to not lose one more step. I'm not going to give Satan or self-will or, or my own weight one more minute of, of any day. Not one more hour, not one more day, not one more week. I'm going to cut my losses and I'm going to change the outcome of my life from here on. Listen, I'm going to serve God. And that's, what, that's the decision that you need to make. Now, remember what the prophet said. Remember when he presented him with this in verse number 8? <clears throat> he said, but if thou will go, go ahead. Hey, listen, if, you, if you're going to go on and ignore what God's telling you right now, if you're going to, go ahead, do it. Be strong for the battle, God shall make thee fall. For God hath power to help and to cast down. See, you don't have to go God's way. There's not a person here that has to. God doesn't ever, you know, twist your arm and, and make you cry uncle and say, no, you're going God's way, and I'm going to make you do it. No, he doesn't make you do it. It's your choice. It's my choice. It's not God's choice, and God's not, not going to force that one on you. You can go ahead on to, into pain and into grief and destruction and failure. That's your choice. The outcome is in God's hand. The choice is in your hand. The choice is mine to make. Now, the, God's already told you what the outcome is going to be, but the choice is mine. The choice is yours. So the question is, have you made bad moves? <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's not get into that one, okay? Have, have you done some dumb things in the past, you know, to this point? Have you made some bad moves? Have you spent th- things, whether it be your focus or money or wealth or, or attention or, or pathway, have you spent some things that were counterproductive and it's not going to help you? Have you made bad moves? Okay, I think that's all of us. The question then is, where do you want to end up? Where do you want to end up? Being blessed by God or getting blasted? It's up to you. Every believer has got to decide what they're going to do from this point on. And then uh, number three, everybody will not be happy with you about selling out to God. Do you hear what I said? If you decide, you know, the preacher is right. Right. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to quit with this playing around, playing footsie with, with God. I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to do right, and I'm going to just go whole hog, and I'm just going to uh, 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 be fanatical for God. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to love him with all my heart. I'm going to give him my future. I'm going to kneel and I'm going to say, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, if you want me to be a scientist for you, I'll be the best that I could be. If you want me to be a doctor or a lawyer, if you want me to be a mechanic, I'm going to be the best mechanic. I'm going to be the best witness for you because that's what I'm doing. I'm giving it all to you. And you know what? He might say, yes, I need you to be a millionaire for me. Yeah, I'll do that. God. <laughs> or he might say, I'm a, I want you as a missionary, whatever. But you know what? When you give it up to God, you say, I'm giving it all to God here it is, it's all, and, and once you do that, let me guarantee, you're going to make some enemies. That's what happened, look it. Just as the mercenary army was angry with them when they followed God, they were just paying attention to, to the, uh, uh, Advice that God was giving through his prophet. They were just doing what was right, what they should have done. The mercenary uh, army was angry with them. Your friends, your family, your acquaintances will condemn you for your fanaticism. If you do that, if you're really going to... You know, follow God. Without, come on, what are you, nuts? Look at verse number 10. It says, Then Amaziah separated them, to wit, the army that was come out to him of uh, Ephraim to go home again. Wherefore, their anger was greatly kindled against Judah. Now, wait a minute. Why were they mad at Judah? You know, it was God in his direction. They weren't mad at God. They were mad at, at the people that were following God. And they returned home in a great anger. See, the truth is that you will become their enemy and they'll likely cause you pain. Mark it down. Here's somebody in the family where everybody's namby pamby. Everybody just comes to church whenever they feel like coming to church, hit and miss. And that you know, kind of. And somebody in that family gets on fire and says, "You know what? I'm going to serve God." You know what? You, you all could do whatever you want to do. Tonight, there's a service at 6. I'm going to be there because there's somebody that I need to uh, witness to at work that's going to have these very questions. I'm going to give it all to God. I'm going to be here. You know what? Wednesday night, there's a prayer meeting. Boy, do I need prayer. I'm going to be there. Family, you could, you could sit out if you want. You could go ahead and do whatever you want to do. I'm going to go ahead and do I'm going to give it all to God. And you know what? You're going to get blasted. Mark it down. Oh, we got little Miss Goody Two Shoes in the home here now. She's, uh, he's more, he's more, uh, you know, dedicated than anybody. Hey, you know what? The closer you get to God, the worse others look around you. <laughs> that's okay. That's just what happens, you know. If you if you ever if you ever uh, get to work with uh, a new job, and you do right, and you got a lot of people that are lazy and they've got a, you know, hey, we've got this thing working out just right, and here's this new guy on the job It does all kinds of work. What do they say? Hey, man, quit making us look bad, yeah. you know? Just go ahead. If you're going to work for God, just give it all to him. Don't work. I'm Mark it down. Mark it down. If you give it all to God, you're going to make enemies. <clears throat> See, <clears throat> when you give it all to God, you're going to hear stuff. You know, here's, the, here's the, the Ephraimites. They're looking at uh, Judah and what they're doing here, and they're saying, what imbeciles. Don't they know how much this is going to cost them? Don't, you, don't they know how much? $3 million is just down the, down the tubes, you know, uh, you know, paying for us to be here. None. They're not even going to use their services. I tell you what, it's going to even hurt them worse. We're going to go ahead and we're going to uh, uh, attack them and uh, bring away from their, their uh, city spoils. Well, uh, you know, but that's normal. You hear people saying, why, this could have been sold for the poor, and uh, we got 500 pence and given to the poor. Uh, what a waste. You remember that gal that gave to the Lord there? Listen, I'm, I am guarantee, if you decide to do what God wants you to do, whole hog, right now, today, mark it down. It's going to cost you, but it's also, you're also going to make some people angry. But that's okay. Folks, that is, that is perfectly okay. You know my advice to you? Offend them, but not God. Thank you. <laughs> I love a congregation that helps me preach. You know what I'm going to say. Yeah, right. Go ahead, offend them. Don't offend God. How about that? Let's, let's just do that. See, God is the one that has power over your future. They don't. Amen. Amen. Or you could be really foolish and offend God rather than your temporary friends or family or those around you. See, <clears throat> decide or not decide. That's what the, the prophet said. Hey, this is what God says. If you want to go on and, and ignore what God says, go on, do it, have fun. You're coming down. You're going down. But it's, a, it's up to you to decide. We've been married now for coming on nine years this summer. And and we've been all over the states in a vehicle and I'm usually driving whenever we're together. And I'm a great driver. You just ask her. She's, she knows. And I was I was looking for one of the hundreds of examples of me overshooting some kind of an exit, you know, in the in the amount of these past nine years and I couldn't remember one And I'm just trying to think for the illustration here of one time that I've overshot an example I'm driving and I miss my exit. And uh, so I ask my wife, I'm coming up here to the, to the platform, and I said, Hey, hun, you know sometime that we're driving and I miss an exit, um, uh, can you come up with, with an example of when, just uh, uh, some example of where we were, whatever? She says, I don't know, there's so many. <laughs> and, and I go, okay, all right. I said, but you know, just w- whenever, whenever uh, we're driving along and and we miss an exit, she says, "What do you mean, we?" <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> okay, so let's make a let's make a, a hypothetical. You're going to you're going to Oregon because I can't remember one, but I know there's there's hundreds. Uh, let's say you're going to Oregon, okay? Driving to Oregon, you got to get to Portland or something. You're, you're driving to Oregon and you drive, and you drive, what is that, four hours or something like that? You're, you're in the car for about three and a half hours, and then you come to a peace arch and it says, Welcome to Canada. <laughs> what do you do? I've already driven three and a half hours. You know how much gas I've already spent? You know? So what do you do? Keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I, not unless you got to go to Canada for some reason. But if you got to go to Portland, no, no. You turn around. Yeah. Hey, folks, you know what we should do right now? Listen to God's instruction. Turn around, cut, cut our losses. Let's do exactly what God wants us to do from here on, okay? Every yeah. head bowed, nobody looking for just a moment. Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you help us to pay attention to what great advice that you gave Amaziah. Lord, thank you for the example of him that he took the, the advice. Yeah, it did cost him, but not near as much as it would have cost him if he would have ignored it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to be as wise. Lord, I pray that you help us to evaluate, help us to understand. It's in your hand whether we prosper or whether we go down. And it's, Lord, we, we want to we wanna please you even if it would, would offend, and we, we already know that, it's for sure, we, we know that we're going to offend others around us that, that uh, don't have that kind of an outlook or whatever, but Lord, that's okay. We, we, we just want to please you. I want to be blessed. God, I want to be blessed. And Lord, there's so many times, and this, this is a story that I've read, but so many times in my life that you kind of have gotten in my face and said, you know, that's the wrong direction. That's the wrong way. Lord, I don't want to just keep driving. I, I want to pay attention. I want to stop. I want to turn around. Lord, I want your blessings. Lord, we as a church, we want your blessings. Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us here to just pay attention. Pay attention to your your uh, <clears throat> advice for us. Lord, I pray that you help us to to cut our losses. Lord, when we're going the wrong way, just stop right here. Cut our losses, and and. Find your mercy, which is so much more than we, we deserve. Lord, you're so abundant in restoring things that we have lost and the, and the investments that we've made that were bad investments. Lord, thank you so much to give us this opportunity to stop. And Lord, it's, that's up to us. That's up to me. Lord, help me to decide right here today. Lord, I pray that you just bless. And Lord, if there's someone here without Christ, Lord, help them to understand it. Sin is so short-lived, and it promises so much, and it doesn't perform. And they need to repent. They need to turn from their sin and run to a Savior that can pardon them, that can forgive them, could give them grace and mercy and salvation and acceptance into the family of God. Lord, I pray that that one that you love so much would be convicted. Lord, that you'd speak to that heart. Lord, that you draw each one of us closer to you today. Lord, I pray that you'd just be working in Jesus' name. Amen.